Good evening, good evening, good evening. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to Christ Fellowship Church. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together, lift up a shout. This is week 141 of the North Georgia Revival. Greet someone around you as you stand all over the building this evening. We want to welcome all those who are watching Facebook Live, watching by ISN Network. Would you put your hands together for our friends, Sid Roth, and everyone there at ISN, those watching all over the world. If you're watching by Facebook Live, why don't you go ahead and put a comment in there where you're watching from, what city, what state, any prayer requests you have. Don't sit back and just be a spectator. Be a participator tonight. Hey, go ahead and grab your Bibles this evening as we close the doors and we always honor the reading of the Word. Mark chapter 10 this evening. How many of you are ready for God to do something so explosive in your life? Come on, so much that you couldn't even contain it if he'd have told you last week. If he would have prepared you for it, you still wouldn't uh, be able to receive it. Mark chapter 10. If you're able to stand all over the room, we just do we do this to honor the reading of the word, not to get you to stand longer. It's just to honor his, his word. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 and following. The Bible says that they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus, when he just heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up, he's calling for you. And throwing off his cloak or his coat, he sprang up and came to Jesus, and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Just a couple of things we, we want to point out as we read the word this evening is number one we need you to understand something the water's not calling for you the altar's not calling for you jesus is calling for you jesus is calling for you and he's calling you by name and he's asking what do you want me to do for you what do you want me to do the bible says the blind man threw off his coat or his cloak theologians say that would have been the thing that he would have held on to since he was blind he would lay uh, uh, with his legs crossed and sit and they would throw change and coins at him and the coat would help him collect the money he would need but he would only get money and not his sight. So tonight we need to let go of some things that we've been holding on to for a long time. You're clinging to something that's good and not what's God. Let go of what's good in your life for what's God in your life sight can come healing can come deliverance can come and so and so have you ever had something you buy a brand new tube of something and you shake it and you begin to try to squeeze to squirt something out it won't come out 
only to realize, oh my goodness, I have to take the lid off and pull that little foil. It's just a little thin strip that's blocking everything. It's not a dam, it's just a little thin strip of something blocking in your life. You just gotta remove the lid tonight. You just gotta let go of the lid. They try to put a lid on Bartimaeus and say, shh, shh, don't, don't, don't worship like that. Don't sing like that. Don't go to that church. You ain't supposed to be baptized more than once. Don't do that. And they're trying to put a lid on you. But at some point, you gotta refuse the lid. You gotta lay that lid down. That lid of whatever it is in your life, you gotta be willing to lay it down so that you can see, get your sight back. Come on, put your Bibles down. Go ahead, put your phone down, iPad down. Step out into the aisle. Step out into a place where you can receive. Don't just sit back and watch tonight. Go ahead from the very beginning and get, get all in. Come on, lift your hands. Say, I'm all in. I didn't come to watch everybody else. I came to receive. Those at home, you didn't come to just watch God do something. You came to receive something. You're, watch, you're tuned in for a reason. So right there in your homes, just lift your hands. Right here in the house, lift your hands. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I hear you calling. And I'm responding to you. Have your way in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
are talking about what God does for us. Let's flip it one more time, Joni, and let's sing it as if us. I'll climb every mountain. I'll climb every mountain to get to you, Jesus. Come on now, somebody. So let's sing this to him one more time. Come on, sing to him. Sing to him these lyrics to the Lord. Let's do it one more time. We're singing to him. because you are the author and the giver of all life. And we magnify you tonight. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord this evening? Come on, give the Lord another hand clap. 
Come on, put your hands together. Give him a shout of victory. Before you go back to your seat, greet about five or six people. Tell them you're glad to see them at the North Georgia Revival. We welcome all of you that are watching on the ISN network all the way around the world, Facebook, YouTube. But we are so happy that Sid Roth and the ISN network are partnering with us on the North Georgia Revival. Share this link with a friend. God bless you. We love you so much. Thank God for you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Peace be Praise God. Welcome to week number 141 of the North Georgia Revival. Who would have ever thought two and a half years ago that we would still be here tonight on week number 141, seeing people's lives change, people healed, people being set free. And we are so glad that you're here. Who is here tonight from out of state? If you're from out of state, I want you to lift your hands if you would. God bless you all over the building back here. God bless you. Yes, yes, yes. I want to start from over here. If you're from out of state, I'm going to start in the far right. Shout real loud where you're from. You're from Illinois. All right, welcome, welcome. Anybody else in that section? How about this section right here? South Carolina. Alabama. Right here. Idaho. Welcome to our friends from Idaho, South Carolina, Alabama, Illinois, in Indiana. Praise God. Anybody else from here? From out of, out of the state? Here? Here? Yes, sir. New York City. Or New York. Not New York. Up New York. All right. Who else from over here? Yes, in the very back. Illinois? Wow. Do you know these people over here? You do know them. But why are you sitting way over there and they're over here? I don't know, but we're glad you're here. Anybody else from over here, from out of the state? Praise God. We're so glad. Right there? Yes. Michigan. Yes. Thank you. And also from uh, Delaware. Friends from Delaware tonight are in the house. Wow. Pastor Don's so excited about the preaching of the word that's going to happen here in just a few moments. I want to take just a moment. Uh, to make a few announcements. I'm going to ask Karen if she'll come and make those announcements. Very important date on November the 8th. I want her to talk about that for just a moment. Yes, we want to make sure that you all are aware that on November the 8th, that Sunday morning and that Sunday night, and then on November the 9th, that Monday evening, there will be an open Caneo class, and we will be having Rabbi Kurt Landry come and be with us out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. So some of you are uh, familiar with Rabbi Kurt Landry and his ministry. He is a Messianic Jew. And we are thrilled to have a man of his caliber, a man of his leadership. He's done work in Israel. Uh, he is acquainted with Netanyahu. And so he has done tremendous work, um, evangelistic work as well in the nation of Israel. But he is going to be with us in the house November the 8th and the 9th. Now again, on Monday night, that is an open canal class. So for two hours, he will teach. Now, it's highly significant that we have an individual like him speaking into the house because he has the best of both worlds. He is born again, but yet he has that Jewish background. And he also strongly understands the mikvah. He understands water. He understands baptism. So he is going to be with us. You do not want to miss that. Come and be with us on those two uh, events. Actually, it's three, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then that Monday night. Also, I want to mention... 
uh, Pastor Todd's books. You wanna go by the book table as you go out tonight and get your hands on the three latest books uh, that are out there. First of all, God's Glory. Uh, this one is uh, selling like crazy. Can't seem to keep our hands on this one. Creating a Habitation for God's Glory. The Lord really gave Todd this book. He put it out quickly, put it out quickly. And so if you wanna know how to host the presence of God, what you have to do to create an atmosphere for God. Pick up this book tonight as you head out. Don't forget that one, very important. This one is uh, the latest, Igniting Revival Fire. This is the devotional guide that you've heard a lot about. All of our revival pastors are in this book. Many pastors across the nation that are experiencing baptism in the water are in this book. They've written a devotion in the book. We also have Randy Clark, Bill Johnson, Robert Slaredon, uh, John Kilpatrick is in the book. Dr. Michael Brown, Sid Roth is in the book. So you will wanna pick this one up. It's gonna be a great Christmas gift for you. But this is probably my favorite because this is ammo right here. This is ammunition. If you know anybody that is struggling with the question of being filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that prayer language, that weapon of power, this is the book for them. It is laid out like a textbook. It is one, two, three, A, B, C, with all scripture references that back everything up. So pick these books up when you head out. And uh, as I told our church this morning, you gotta read what you need. Listen, don't waste your time reading fluff. Now, however you categorize fluff, that's up to you. I don't have time to read fluff. I gotta read what I need because we're on limited time, amen? And we've gotta steward our own edification. Don't wait, somebody to wait for someone to feed you. You gotta feed yourself. So pick up something that's gonna feed you well, amen? Amen, glory to God. Thank you, Karen. Praise God. So thrilled about what God's doing. I wanna share uh, briefly tonight, if I can, a few testimonies of all that God is doing. I am so thankful that um, there is fire on the water tonight. Back in 2018, for those of you that are new and for, uh, first time here or watching on television around the world right now, let me just share very quickly what we're doing this evening. In January of 2018, in a time of fasting and prayer, I'm walking across the platform and I'm looking at our baptistry just in a time of prayer. Had not eaten in about 14 days. And I was just walking along and I see our baptistry as it is right now, but it had no water in it. And for about eight to 10 seconds, I saw it completely full with fire on top of the water. And the Lord spoke to me in my spirit. I didn't hear his audible voice, but spoke to me in the spirit, in my spirit. And he said, Todd, I want to baptize people with Holy Spirit fire. At no point did I understand the significance of that, of that event and that encounter. But now I do. 141 weeks later, we are seeing a move of the Holy Spirit that is beautiful and unprecedented. We're seeing things quite like this right here. Isn't that just a powerful picture of deliverance and breakthrough in a man's life right there? Uh, we traveled to Titusville, Florida just this past Monday and Tuesday. We chartered a bus. Right around 40 people traveled with us to Titusville, Florida. The room was full to overflowing. When I got there, there was a lady by the name of Rhonda and she told me about her husband. Let me have that rag right there, if you would, for a moment. She told me about her husband 
that had a significant sickness, an outbreak in his life. And he took a tetanus shot. And a few days later, it literally broke out on his body. I want you to take a look at the condition of his arms. She came to the revival and she was baptized that night. She was born again years ago, but she was baptized that night. And they went to the doctor and they gave him a prescription cream to apply to it. They're thinking that it was psoriasis. And, uh, but when they put it on him, it became even more aggravated, swelling and hurting to the point that he could not work. It was in this condition for several months. They went to another doctor who thought it may be uh, metal toxicity. And they began detox, which caused more pain and more sleepless nights. It began to spread up both of his arms. This is the front of his hand. For several months, no medication whatsoever that they could apply to his life brought any relief. Then she said, then the water. Touch your neighbor and say, then the water. She said, when I got baptized in September, when Pastor Todd was there the first time in Titusville, uh, uh, Florida at Hope Community Church, I asked for a towel to be dipped in the baptismal pool. We laid hands on the towel and gave instructions to her to take the towel to lay it on his arms when she got home. And let me make something very, very clear about this. It's not the towel, nor is it the water. It is the point of contact where faith is released, where we believe that Jesus is in the water, meeting people and encountering folks. So she says, I, as soon as I got home, he got in a chair. Or he should, she basically said, I, I gave it to him. He was in the chair, fell asleep with his arms in a plastic tub with the wet, cold towel on it. She said, I forgot to mention water makes his arms red and on fire. But he did it and even slept that night. Every night he slept, listen to her language, with the point of contact. And we trusted the Lord to do what we could not. That was in September, and now it is October. And today, here's his arms. She said, even though it is not 100% completely gone, it's not like it was, used to be. And she says, we continue to sleep with the point of contact and releasing our faith in the Lord Jesus to bring constant and continuous healing. Come on, give God praise right there. My goodness, the presence of the Lord. I wanna share with you one more story and, and then we're gonna receive our offering tonight. On March 20 or March the 2nd, a lady by the name of Kathy was diagnosed with AML, acute myeloid, myeloid lymphoma, blood cancer. 
in the bone marrow, which basically means that she required a bone marrow transplant and she would need to find a donor to give me bone marrow. And she said, I started infusion therapy the next week. This is March the 2nd. I went for labs every three weeks and in IV infusions and platelets every four weeks. And then she said, I would have to isolate at home so no one in or out for seven days. Pastor Roger and Pastor Angel told me, she said that Pastor Todd in the North Georgia Revival was coming to Titusville to Hope Community Church. She got in the water in September. This was her baptism. There's Pastor David Edmondson of Covenant Connections Church while we were in Titusville, Florida. She's in a horse trough. She came in with lymphoma. But when this baptism happened, she did not get any better. A couple of months passed by, really another month passes by, and the North Georgia Revival comes back to Titusville, literally, to do a baptismal revival again. That was October the 12th and 13th, last Monday and last Tuesday. My husband and I both want to be there to help. She said, I just had infusions a week before he came. I came last Monday evening, weak and tired, but I knew God was going to finish the work. Come on now, referring to her first previous baptism in September. You see, sometimes, guys, there's more than one point of contact that's necessary. Sometimes it's a progression. Sometimes it can take weeks or even months. But in our Western world, we want everything done immediately. She said, I went back knowing that the work was going to be finished. I was told that they thought the cancer had spread to my back and possibly my organs. I could not worship like I usually do and I had trouble standing for any length of time. I had lost 50 pounds this year. My stomach was a mess, not able to eat much. Most of the days I would drink a boost, have some crackers, some applesauce, and that's what I've been living on. And occasionally I could eat a quarter of a meal. I went Monday and asked for my back pain to be healed and my stomach to be touched and for cancer to finally be all gone. I went into the waters and they prayed. Now listen to what she said. And I went under several times, several times. My husband joined me and we went under the water together. It was the most beautiful thing we have ever experienced. I came up completely healed, no back pain. None. I watched her during praise and worship and she was freezing cold with a blanket on top of her, ashy white. But immediately after her baptism, she said, I could run, I could jump, I could dance for Jesus again. Come on, give him praise. Here's what she said next. After her baptism on, on Monday, Tuesday, we went to Cracker Barrel before the church service. I ate fried catfish, pinto beans, hash brown casserole, and sweet tea. I ate it all. Come on, give God glory right there. 
on Wednesday on 1014, I had a PET scan <laughs> scheduled. I went in at 2 p.m. and they did it. I received a call Thursday morning. Miss Bennett, we need you to come back so we can rerun the scan. Something is wrong. Miss Bennett said, okay, like what? He said, well, we think something is wrong with the machine because you have cancer, right? Miss Bennett said, yes, I have leukemia. He said, well, good news. The doctor thought it had spread to your back and organs. It hasn't. The scan is showing negative for all cancer. Come on. Come on. Come on. Not even in your bone marrow. Nothing is lighting up. She said, I went in for a repeat scan on Thursday afternoon. I also had labs drawn per the doctor. Hermatologist called this morning and said, I don't understand it, but you have no cancer in your body and your labs are completely normal. I do not understand it. He said, we would do a video conference with you on Monday with the oncologist and we will get on the same page. I don't think you need to have a biopsy again because your scan and labs are normal. I want to recheck you in four to six weeks and if all is well, we can dismiss you. At the very moment she went underneath the water, he met her. He met her. He met her. I've got great news for you. Do you remember this video? Let's turn the lights down if you will. I want you to watch this four minute video August. Reed's going to be 10 in August. Soon. Reed, where are you from? Delaware. 10 years old, Reed from Delaware. You find yourself in Dawsonville, Georgia in a, in a baptismal pool. Why are you here, young man? Because I want the Holy Spirit to live inside me and I want him to heal my eyes and take all the bad things out of my past. You want Jesus to heal your eyes. You want all of the Holy Spirit and your ten. 
read is 10 years old. I asked him why he wanted the Lord to heal his eyes. He said, they diagnosed me with glaucoma. You're, you're 10. You're, you're 10. In your left eye. Is that true, Mom? Bilateral eye surgery. Eleven months old. Eleven months old. Eleven months old. Bilateral surgery on both eyes to to relieve him of the glaucoma. But they cannot get his vision fixed. Read. Have you ever seen a miracle? You've seen miracles? So you know he can do it, right? So now you get to be a miracle. You ready? you to stand to your feet and help me welcome all the way from Delaware, Little Reed and his mother and Pastor Marty, who's... <laughs> all right. <laughs> Woo! 
know y'all come on stage and pray Pastor Mark. take it from here for just a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My goodness, Reed and Miss Valerie from all Delaware. Yeah, come on, all the way around here to the front. Reed, you came. The video showed you having glasses on. You don't have your glasses on. Mama, give us an update. What happened? He's not wearing glasses from that moment on. <laughs> he has not worn glasses from that moment forward. What is he able to do now that he wasn't able to do before that night? He's able to see everything without his glasses. He's able to now play sports, which he's always wanted to do and has not been able to. He's now able, when he's old enough to drive a car, he's just, it's <laughs> everything. Everything all because of the Lord and North Georgia Revival, everything. Wow. I shared that same video in Clarksville, Indiana just last Sunday just last Sunday, a week ago, in Clarksville, Indiana, there were four people that were blind in their left eye. And I said, the, the, test, the video you just saw is a testimony. And what testimony originally meant was, uh, Lord, do it again. So Reed, there's, there's no mistake for you being here. I know you said we're just coming up from Florida and went down to Florida with my mom. And she said, we just had to turn just a little bit to come by the North Georgia Revival on the way back home but there's a reason that Reed is here tonight Reed Reed if there was somebody here and there was a there was a man that got healed in Clarksville Indiana he was born blind I told you backstage he was born blind but now this this man named Matt because of your testimony in your video this man in Clarksville Indiana can see and Thursday when I talked to him mom he said Marty I think my vision's perfect I think I can see 2020 but I haven't seen anything in 41 years. But because of the video. Reed, if there was anybody out here in the audience that may be blind in their left eye or right eye or both eyes or watching all around the world, what would you tell them tonight? I know you had a, a great encounter over there. What would you tell somebody that's blind in their eye? All you have to do is have strong faith in the Lord. All you have to do is have strong faith in the Lord. At nine years of age, listen, listen to me. Ten. You had a birthday. Listen. In Mark chapter five, a woman did something so profound and it went against culture. She dared to have strong faith and ran up to a man named Jesus and touched the hem of his garment. You don't read of any other account in scripture where somebody did that. You don't read of it, but that lady in Mark 5. And one chapter later, the Bible says the entire city and cities, when they heard Jesus was coming through the village, they all took their sick down there and said, if we could just touch the hem of his garment. What that woman did in Mark 5, it changed the entire culture and it changed something for, it broke something loose over the region. Now everybody's wanting to touch the hem of his garment. So I believe that as long as, as we're able to share this story, I believe in every service, every time we share this story, somebody tonight is gonna get your vision back. I believe it with all my heart. Watching online, you're gonna get your vision back. There's no doubt, we are fully persuaded 
Just as Reed came and he said, my God, I know I want to receive my sight. And now at the age of 10, he's able to see and play sports, something he was never able to do in his life. So the whole world can know. All the world will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. He's the only one that can do these things. Amen. Amen. Let's pray for Reed, if you would. Reed, yeah, just yeah, stay yeah. right here. Yeah. Extend your right hand, guys. Father, we just thank you for Reed, his mother that had the faith and the fortitude to drive 12 and a half hours with friends. And Lord, I thank you that he met you in the water. I pray, Father, that he'll be marked for life, that he'll travel the globe telling the world about the wonders of his Savior, Jesus. Pastor Marty asked him, do you believe in miracles? He said, yes. Then he said, well, you're going to be a miracle. Mm -hmm. Filling with the Holy Spirit and fire. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Awesome. I want you to remain standing, ushers. Let's receive our offering tonight, if you would, and then we're going to get right into the Word and the baptisms this evening. People say, well, I'm not sick in my body. Is there water? Is, is baptism good for me? What, honestly, even to this day, we don't pray for miracles to happen in the water. It's never been about miracles. You can't have an awakening sustained by miracles. An awakening that's going to change America is God's people getting right, repenting, and loving Jesus with all their heart, soul, strength, and mind. Because every miracle, every healing is temporary. It's the children's bread. It's significant. It creates interest. But what our culture needs is a church that's clean, on fire, unashamed, bold, courageous, full of the Holy Spirit. So when we baptize people tonight it's for all types of things you've been saved before been water baptized doesn't nullify that it doesn't lessen the significance of the beauty of that believer's baptism but this is a point of contact and extension of the altar where the Lord says I'm touching people I've given you three major examples of life change wouldn't it be tragic tonight to know that you're 50 feet away from having an encounter like you've never had before and not encounter him. At the end of our service, in just a few moments, you're gonna be able to register. Many of you have already, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of you have registered to be baptized. If you would like to be baptized, you can go to the outside table. Miss Sherry's there, you can register, you'll get a letter and we'll baptize you uh, shortly thereafter. So let's give tonight. I wanna to do something a little bit different. I'm gonna ask you to place the buckets up on the altar. I want every person in this room to be a giver tonight at some level, to some capacity, to some degree. Bringing an offering to the Lord is a significant thing. And we're gonna do this, hundreds of people in the room tonight, we're gonna do this collectively. You're gonna come down, wait your spot. We're gonna um, just play right here, something very soft, very quiet, nothing emotional, nothing that's gonna get you all riled up. But this is a testimony of the goodness of the Lord, of what He has already done. Isn't this amazing what we have seen tonight? Help us host the presence of the Lord. Give a generous offering tonight. It costs a lot of money, a lot of money. 
every Sunday night to host the community and the world. So let's pray. I want you to bring whatever you can. Uh, there's someone here that could like to underwrite the entire service tonight, around $2,500 to $3,000 for our service tonight. If you or your business would like to underwrite that, to pay it forward, you can do that. We have that happen from time to time. Your company, your business may be in a position to do that. No pressure. We want you to give unto the Lord. Put seed in the ground. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give, to sow seed. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing and what you're going to do tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come forward, if you would, all across the room tonight. Bring your offering to the Lord Jesus. Spread out all over the room tonight. Thank you so much. It is such a beautiful thing. Well, it's my honor tonight to be able to introduce to you our, our speaker this evening. He's a friend. We love him. He's cherished in our community. Pastors, a dynamic church, great fellowship, a great community of believers. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate him and Warhill. I want you to put your hands together right now and help me welcome Pastor Don Allen from the church at Warhill as he's going to come and bring the word tonight. What a friend he is to the North Georgia revival. What a blessing. Well, well, glory. Can, can you hear me all right out there? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I don't think it's on up here, but it may be on out there. All right. All right. Well, it is good to be in God's house tonight. I said, glory. You know, I was sitting in a meeting a few weeks ago with Pastor Todd and the other revival pastors, and, and I'm so thankful that God has has placed under the care of pastors like Pastor Todd and Karen uh, this revival. Are you thankful for Pastor Todd and Karen? Amen. I, I really didn't appreciate very much, though, her selling the books and preaching harder selling the books than I can preach preaching. Come on now. I, I said, well, glory. That's on my mind tonight, can you tell? Glory. Now, I feel uh, an anointing tonight. I, I feel an assignment tonight. Um, and as, as we do, I just want to focus on the glory of the Lord tonight. Father, before we begin this time, I thank you for all those who are watching. I thank you for those that are, that are present. And I ask you, Lord, that you will manifest your glory. Come on, I need somebody to help me. Help me. Manifest your glory in this place. Lord, I thank you that that's been the desire from the, the meetings uh, uh, about this time is, Lord, thank you for the fire on the water, but thank you for the glory of God that walks into the room. Thank you for the glory and the assignment of your presence, God. I thank you for what you're going to do, what you have done, and Lord, for what you're going to accomplish in our lives tonight. 
Father, thank you for the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, listen, I, I'm sure that all the churches involved had a powerful morning this morning, but could you help me celebrate uh, the glory of God that 11 people gave their life to Christ over at War Hill this morning? Amen. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Psalms, the 91st chapter. And as we're doing that, I thought to myself, uh, uh, you know, what a powerful time of testimony. And when we focus on the glory of God, you see, when I say that word glory, uh, you can't say that as a question. Glory? That is a declaration. And I don't think we understand how blessed we are to have a little boy walk up on the stage that was blind that now can see. And I just have to say, glory. Come on now. Amen. He's the king of kings. We, 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 we get a little comfortable. Everywhere I go, people are calling me. People are asking me, tell me about this North Georgia revival and how that works out. And we always start at a place of repentance and how through the, the act of repentance, how God has moved and, and manifest. And, and I remember that first night when the, when the glory settled down so strong and it was like the doors blew open on the building and it went from being a church revival to a regional revival and then an international revival, I, I thought, well, look what God has done. But 141 weeks later, I, I feel like there's almost a shifting going on because it's like these miracles and, and the life changes, it's becoming exponentially quicker and, and more of them are coming. And, and we can, yeah, 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 somebody got healed. Let me just say that again. Yeah, 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 somebody got healed. I mean, blind eyes open. Well, we had four this week. I mean, how many did we have this week? Before? There are churches that have prayed for 100 years for one blind eye to be open, and glory be to God, we're seeing many. Oh, my goodness. I thought, I can't even preach without Pastor Todd stealing my illustrations. I got to get up there and now tell you about the glory of God that's exponentially manifesting. We have, you know, we have five campuses for the Church of War Hill, seven services every weekend, and, and one of those services, uh, and, I, and we're going to be sharing it a little bit more in the next few weeks, but one of those services, uh, a lady uh, comes forward and she said, my sister is dying of cancer. It's the end. She hasn't eaten in days. And God has told me that if she'll get to God's house, he'll heal her. God said he'll heal her. So he goes to her and he says to her, he sa or she says to her, she says, God said you're supposed to come to church. And she said, I'm not coming to church. I'm tired. I'm sick. I haven't even eaten in days. I'm weak. But she kept pestering her. How many are thankful for, for sisters who pester people? Come on, amen. And, and she kept pestering her. And finally the lady's like, look, if you'll leave me alone, I'll go to church. Come on now, I'm looking for somebody who's embraced so much of the glory of God that we're pulling and we're dragging them into God's house. We're, we're, I don't know, ripping the roof off the place so that people can get in the glory of God. So all of a sudden, uh, she gets to God's house, comes up front, our, our campus pastor lays hands on her, and afterwards, and remember, it's been about uh, nine days or so since she's had a meal, and I thought, he just stole my testimony. And she, she's standing there, and she's, she, she gets prayed for, and I'd love to tell you that lightning came out of, out of heaven or a bright light shone in the place, but this is how we knew God was up to something. They kept talking, and finally she looked at him and she said, can we just go to lunch? I'm hungry. Come on now. I'm hungry. 
Now, wait a minute. It's been nine days since you've been able to eat anything, and you come to God's house, get prayed for, and all of a sudden, you're ready to go. I thought, my goodness, Kurt Landry would have, would have just, he's going to be freaked out. He goes, the first thing you gave them was catfish, non-kosher food. Come on now. Watch this. But but all of a sudden, she said, I'm hungry, and they went out to eat, and she ate everything on her plate. Now, come on now. God was up to something. But then it, it just seemed like something was going on, so she went in for a checkup at the doctor's, and the, and the doctor said, I, you know, uh, hold on a minute. I love the way doctors do this. They go, hold on a minute. Hold, hold, hold. Come, come here, Jerry. Come here just a second. You know how this works. You worked at the hospital. They, 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 they get the paperwork, and they come over, and they... Look right. Something's wrong. No, 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 no. You, you know how to read those machines. Yeah. No, no, look machine. at this. Something's wrong with the machine. The machine's wrong. Something's wrong with the machine. Something's wrong with the machine. Can I tell you that the anointing of this revival is to destroy every piece of medical equipment? Oh, come on now. Amen. Amen. Something's wrong. Thank you. Run it again. Run it again. Run it again. So after they run it again, the doctor comes in and says, we can't explain it. We don't understand it. But you got to understand, your cancer is completely gone. Can anybody say glory? Glory. Glory to the King of Kings. Glory. I'd love to tell you that the story ends there, but it goes a little further because you have to understand she had a genetic makeup that made her predisposed to have all of these cancers that were destroying her life. And they said, as long as you have this genetic makeup, you're going to die of cancer. It's going to happen. It, that's how your life is going to end. And, and the, ladies, the lady's like, uh, well, I'll tell you what happened to me. God healed me. And, and, and the doctor's like, well, fine. God can heal your cancer, but he can't change your makeup because the gene is gone out of your makeup. Can I tell you tonight, I serve a glorious God who can change your makeup. He can change you. He can move your life and rearrange it. Why don't you give the Lord some glory? He's worthy. He's majesty. I say glory. Glory. Why, why do we need music to take a praise break for a moment? I say glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's worthy. And when his glory descends, more and more and more of these kind of things. Amen. Well, thank you. I've decided to behave tonight. More of his presence. More of his anointing. I love to be able to sing glory tonight. I used to, I used to think I could sing anyways. <laughs> there was a time I led worship as a worship pastor, and one day the anointing lifted, boom, lifted off of my life. Somebody said, Pastor, it was never there. No, no, it was there. It had lifted off my life. And I asked God, I said, God, what happened? He said, on the rough days, you'd quit and go be a worship pastor. I, I find myself saying this to God. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and God began to take me through some changes. But after that happened, I, I began to realize something that, that I, when I was seeing, you know, I, I, I turned it into more of a preach than a sing. And there was this one song that every time I would sing this song, I'd go to churches all around North Georgia here, and as I would sing this song, uh, people would always, you know, they'd shout, and they'd, they'd get fired up when I'd sing this particular song. And, and so one day, after being known for singing this song around North Georgia, I had a group of young people come to our church, and they, they came running up to me, and they said, Pastor, Pastor, you're never going to believe it. We went to a, a singing festival with, with somebody's like, 
you know, aged family, and we went to the singing festival, and when we got to the singing festival, they sung your song. I said, they did. He said, yes, they sung your song. I said, well, awesome. They said, no, 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 you don't understand. He couldn't sing it like you could sing it. It didn't sound anything like the way it sounds when you sing it. Come on now. I said, well, what was his name? And they told me his name. I said, that's interesting because he's the guy that wrote the song. If anybody knows how the song's supposed to go, I guess it's him. Well, I want to talk to you about a song tonight you've been singing wrong. There's a testimony of his glory that the enemy has tried to rob from the church. I'm sitting on a phone call the other day and the Lord speaks to me and tells me to begin to look up this passage. The speaker said this. He said, Psalms 91, we know, was written during a time of, uh, of national pen, uh, pandemic in the nation of Israel. As David was, was staring down the plague that was destroying people, he wrote the words of Psalms 91. And the minute the speaker said it, the Holy Spirit spoke to me just as much as the Holy Spirit spoke to me when Pastor Todd said that the fire will stay on the water, but the glory is going to increase. The same Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said this to me. He said, listen to me, he said, that's wrong, go look it up. Well, I like a good lesson. So I began to study. I began to search. And I began to look for how you sing Psalms 91. Where does Psalms 91 come from? Now, Psalms 91, we understand, reads like this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. My goodness, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm trying to get started here reading a verse, but, but I already feel the glory of the Lord. Those, you see, I, I know where it came from and it's already messing me up. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I will trust in him for he will rescue you from every trap, come on now, and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. And it goes on, and God will do this, and God will do this, and God's going to take care of you this way. And it goes on and on and on. And I said, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me about how to sing this psalms? Uh, in case you don't understand it, Psalms 91 is a song. It has a melody that it was written to. My goodness, I, I'm going to mess up my sermon here, but I need you to understand. It was not written to a defeated group of people, but it was written to the melody of the glory of the King of Kings. And it was written, it was written in such a way, I can't really describe it in other, any other way. But when you hear about somebody getting healed and you jump back and say, glory, hallelujah. You see, there's no question what you're doing. You're saying there's something that I have seen that transcends the normal. And to understand this, we have to go to the book of Exodus. And in Exodus chapter number 40, this is what we read. In Exodus 40, we are told that by the Mishnah, by the Jewish rabbis, that this passage Psalms 91 was written in the middle of Exodus 40. And Exodus 40, verse number 33 begins like this. 
Then he hung the curtains forming the courtyard around the tabernacle and the altar. And he set up the curtain at the entrance of the courtyard. So at last, Moses finished the work. Boom. Here's where he begins to write. Then the cloud, the glory cloud. What cloud? What kind of cloud? The glory cloud covered the tabernacle. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down over it. And the glory of the Lord, come on now, filled the tabernacle. If I have any desire tonight, people are like, Pastor, you're always preaching souls to be saved, and I want to see souls saved, and I want to see people healed, and I want to see people find the same freedom in that water that my family found in that water. I want to see other churches healed. I want to see God moving. But what I want to see more than anything in this hour and in this generation is I want to see the glory of the Lord fill the tabernacle. I want to see the glory of the Lord Come and abide over us so much so that we have to start backing out. Listen to me. Now, whenever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out on a journey following it. But listen to me, if the cloud did not rise, they remained where they were until it lifted. The cloud of the Lord hovered over the tabernacle during the day. And at night, fire glowed inside the cloud so the whole family of Israel could see it. They continued, or this continued, throughout all of their journeys. Would it not be wonderful if the glory started following us all through our lives and we didn't just run into little pockets of it here and there? I believe God's wanting to restore the glory of his house. For you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I've got a sermon here, but I'm just, I'm just going to break off for a moment and obey the Lord. I found the most interesting study this week that has shaken me. In Acts chapter 19, when Paul is, is dealing with Ephesus, I want you to understand the concept that he's dealing with in Ephesus. It actually is tied to baptism. It's tied to whether or not someone will walk in the glory or walk under the power of religion. You see, in Ephesus, there was one stronghold, one power that ruled the community, and it was the, the idol and the, the pagan goddess called Artemis. And Artemis was the goddess of fertility. And once a year, they would bring Artemis out of the temple, put her on a platform, listen to me very carefully, and they would start a festival in the street carrying Artemis on their shoulders as they walked toward the water. And every step toward the water, they would debase uh, the community by all the lewd sexual things that they would do. All the way as they walked toward the water, the, the, this perversion began to increase until it becomes this frenzy by the time they get to the water. When they get to the water, they take Artemis down into the water, watch this, to baptize her. Thought this was interesting. 
They take her into the water to baptize her, believing that when she's washed, watch this now, when she's washed by the water, suddenly her purity is restored. Her virginity was returned to her. Now watch this now. And as she is restored back unto that, uh, that pure state, as they scrub off a year's worth of debauchery, as she's returned to that, they bring her up out of the water in a purified state. But instead of letting her walk in the purified state, they then begin the same sin. Listen to me, I've come to tell somebody something you need to get tonight. They begin the same sin that they led all the way to the water with, and then when they got out of the water, they started all over again so that by the time she's back to the temple, she's returned to this fallen state. I mean, you gotta understand why this is important. It's important because because they thought through a ritual of religion they could change an atmosphere and change something for a moment and the ritual of religion left them the same way they went into the water as when they came out of the water and thus when the Ephesians practiced this when when Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he said, you've got to learn to love your spouse the way that Jesus loved the church. And you've got to watch this. Let her be washed, baptized, purified in not, not just the water, but in the word. And as she gets baptized in the word, what does that tell me? That tonight God brought somebody here so that you wouldn't walk in the water the same way that you come out of the water. That the glory of God begins to get a hold of your life and you leave the drugs in the water. You leave your sickness in the water. You leave your bondage in the water and you begin to walk in the glory of the word of the living God and you're radically changed for his kingdom. Now maybe I'm just preaching. Well actually I am just preaching. But I'm preaching truth. But to understand Psalms 91, we have to understand that God is looking for us to get the song right. And you will never get the song right when you're trying to play religious games with God. What was written in Psalms 91 was so powerful to the Jewish people that the passage intertwines its way throughout the Jewish culture all the way from the Sabbath, as they begin to pray Psalms 91, throughout the entire life period of individuals of Jewish faith, all the way to their funeral procession where Psalms 91 is quoted seven times in their funeral procession. In modern day English culture, it is known as the soldier's prayer. But in opposition to the popular misconception, it is not written as the author stared down an attack or a plague. Pastor Don, you got to, you're taking away my, my weapon. No, I'm not trying to take away your weapon. I'm trying to teach you how to use it. How many of you have prayed this prayer? Oh, no weapon shall come nigh my dwelling, or no plague shall come near my house. And you've been praying Psalms 91. You've been singing it over your house, but yet you're still worried and you're still struggling about a pandemic that's happening. And you're, 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 you're turning this, this praise of God into this prayer of, of, of some kind of petition for safety. 
But you have to understand that truth is not born out of adversity. Truth is what helps us overcome adversity. Psalms 91 describes Moses' own experience as he has entered the last stage of building the tabernacle. And he's enveloped, not in worry, not in fear, not in some self-condemnation. My goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit as I'm preaching to you tonight. Suddenly, according to the oldest scholars, this Psalms actually took two places that he would write it. One from the founding of the tabernacle and one when his foot would set foot on Sinai when the glory cloud would cover Sinai. So what happens is this. The oldest teacher, the oldest Proverbs, the oldest Psalm studies tell us that as he stepped under the glory. As he got into the presence of realizing just who God is. I've got a sermon I'm trying to preach. But I got a Holy Ghost I'm trying to follow. Let me say it this way. He didn't write this story or this psalms or this song when he was looking at the pandemic that happened with the snakes or he didn't, he didn't worry and write this when he was worried about some kind of disease that was going to fly into his house and he didn't, he didn't write this psalms when he was seeing all the sin that was abounding around him and he didn't write this psalms when he was worried about who the next political leader was going to be. He wrote this psalms when he got a vision of the glory of who God is and how awesome God is and it began to change everything. Why? Because with every revelation of God's glory, the weaknesses of the enemy's attacks become blatantly obvious. Now maybe you don't understand where we're going yet, but it is this kind of revelation that we find in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse number 15. It says, when the servant of the man of God got up early in the morning and went outside, there were troops, there were horses, there were chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what are we going to do now? Why, the young man cried. He said, look how many of them there are, and look how few of us they are. He said, don't be afraid, Elisha told him, because he said, there are more on our side. Oh, come on now, there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, oh Lord, open his eyes. In other words, Lord, let him see the glory. Let him see the glory that surrounds us. And when he looked up and he saw that the hillsides around them were filled with horses and chariots of fire. What was fire? The glory. It always represented the manifest presence and glory. When the fire fell on the tabernacle, when the fire fell on the day of Pentecost, when the fire came down on Mount Sinai because of the glory of God. So in other words, he was worried about what he saw. He was worried about the problems, but what he needed to see was the glory. Can I preach a moment more? Listen to me. When you see the glory, fear is replaced with confidence. When you see the glory, isolation is exposed as a lie. We're just out here in the middle of nowhere. Nobody knows where we are. Can I tell you something? God knows exactly where you are, and he's looking throughout the earth, searching for whom he might show himself strong for, that he might manifest his glory. When you see the glory, reality 
becomes clear. Open his eyes, Lord, and let him see the truth. Some of you feel like you're going to be bound, but we've come to tell you tonight that even if it's in your DNA makeup, your genetic makeup, our God can change your makeup. And something else you realize in the glory is that God is more than enough provision. He's more than enough. I don't know if I can tell you that without telling you two, those quick two stories you've heard me share before, but they, 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 they mess, I call them miracles that mess me up. There's a little widow who's out collecting sticks to buy or to make a cake. Do you remember this story? That's the saddest miracle in the Bible. It should make you cry. It should break your heart. Why? Because the Bible says that after she obeyed the man of God, I want you to notice what it did, she did not do. Before the man of God ever got there, God told her to make a cake. And instead, she went to make herself a cake. The man of God shows up and she says, well, might as well, I'm going to die anyways. Not a pursuit of God when you live in the might as well. And because she chose to walk in the might as well, the Bible says that every time she went to the mill barrel, watch this, there was, are you ready for this? Just enough. Just enough. Never more than enough. Just enough. If you can be satisfied with a little spiritual goosebumps because it made you feel better about yourself, then you'll live in the place of just enough. There's another widow who says, they're going to take away my sons. They're going to sell them for the debt that we owe. And the man of God says to her, what are you going to do? She says, well, I don't know. He says, what do you have in your house? And she says, all I have is a little bit of oil. And he says, well, go get every vessel you can find and start pouring. And you know what the Bible says she did? She immediately went and collected every vessel that she could find and started pouring and she poured and she poured and she poured and I, I don't know about you but I'm imagining the moment as the boys are looking there like are you crazy mama that's not going to fill up that and the first one that it filled up I've seen it in my own life when the first one filled up somebody went whoa and then all of a sudden the next one filled up and somebody went oh my goodness and another one filled up and they went maybe God's in the house and another one filled up and somebody said glory give me another one glory give me another one and then all of a sudden, the Bible says she took it, sold it, and had what? More than enough. God's looking for people who are not satisfied with just enough. They want more than enough of the presence of God. I say glory, glory to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Here's what you need to understand. The difference of perspective in realizing how Psalms 91 is written, and I'm going to hurry elevates your focus from the problem to the presence. Michael, I want you just to, Pastor Michael, would you just start playing something there softly? I've got a lot more sermon, but I feel the glory. Listen to me carefully. God's trying to speak to us. Some of you are going, but Pastor Don, we're living in a dark world. Uh, uh, Spurgeon said this about Joshua and Caleb, he said they live amongst the dead amid their graves. In other words, they were constantly burying people who didn't trust the glory. 
God's not called us to be focused on the pain and sufferings. He's called us to alleviate it, alleviate it because we've walked in the glory. Now listen to me carefully. I'm just going to obey the Lord. I really feel like somebody's going to encounter the glory tonight. I've got a whole lot more sermon and say, say amen. We're just about done. Can I get an amen? Well, you didn't have to sound so excited over here on this side. Imagine the moment. Some of you have been singing Psalms 91 like this. Are you ready? Do we have that? Can we put that back up? Psalms 91, can we put that back up there? Yeah. Some of you have been singing it like this. Like a somebody done me wrong song. Every plague will not come near my dwelling. Oh God, please. Let the angels of the Lord encamp round about those who fear you, Lord. Nothing wrong with those scriptures. You're just not singing the right melody. Oh, I declare I got refuge. Have you ever been around somebody who likes to sing those old, old downer songs? You got friends in the wrong places? Come on now, amen. Singing the wrong songs. For... Oh, he will rescue me from every trap. I'm telling you, I'm praying the soldier's prayer. I'm declaring it over my life. Oh, oh my goodness, he's going to cover me under his feathers and under his wings. And I know all the biblical significance of that. But the problem is you don't know how the song was written. You got the significance. You just don't know where it came from. This is where it came from. Somewhere between verse 34 and 35 of Exodus 40. Moses stands before the tabernacle. And as he stands before the tabernacle, everything is in place. The Holy of Holies is in place. The lavers and the, the, the showbreads and the lampstand and everything, everything, the altars are, are all in place. And as, as everything, I mean, it's all the way down to the nails. Do you realize the nails being halfway in were symbolic of the fact that Jesus Christ would be buried, but three days later he'd rise again. I mean, everything is in place. Everything is in order. Everything looks right, but there's still something missing. Can I tell you, we've had enough church where there's still something missing. And all of a sudden, he takes, watch this now, he takes the curtain and when he puts the last curtain in place, the Bible says that the glory, the Shekinah, the glory of the Lord falls in that tabernacle and the glory begins to emanate. So that, watch this now, according to the Jewish teaching, so that he basically has to fall down on his knees and begin to back out of the presence of the glory of God. And as he begins to back out, he's no longer saying I'm worried about the pestilence and he's no longer saying I'm worried about whether or not my family's going to get sick and I'm worried about who's going to take over when my tenure's over he's no longer talking about those things but all of a sudden he begins to back out of the glory and when he backs out of the glory he gets a glimpse and he says oh my those that abide under the shelter of the almighty and as he begins to back up they're going to find rest in his shadow and he begins to declare I can 
This I can tell you, come on now, that the Lord, the Lord is my refuge. And if I've got to run somewhere, I'm running to the glory. I'm running to his presence. I'm running to where he is. Why? Because when I sing his song of victory, victory consumes my soul. Why don't you stand on your feet with me tonight and cry out, glory! changes things. Bow your heads in this place. Pastor Don, what do you want us to do now? Well, all I know is I've had a sermon. Pastor thought I was going to preach my number one sermon tonight. Everywhere I go, people are like, preach that sermon again. Sell, write a book on that sermon. I'm like, I preached that sermon three times at your church. Come back and preach it again. And God said, no, 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 no. Tell them about my glory. Because we've been singing. Won't you stay here a while? But if we would really see him for who he is, we would know that the glory of the Lord is covering the earth. Though I go to the highest mountains, he is there. Though I descend to the lowest valleys, he is there. Though I go, as it were, to heaven itself, his glory still fills the tabernacle. And it doesn't even matter if it seems like I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death because his glory is there. Though I ascend into the pits of hell itself, it does not matter because his glory. And I'm going to just really rock somebody's world right here. The Bible not only says, shall you see his glory, it says, you shall share in his glory that you will become a part of the glory of God but bow your heads with me in this place somebody came to be baptized tonight and you wanted to be touched in this water and you're going to be touched in this water that's why I feel to move this on because we need to get you get you ready to be baptized but I also feel there are people that have marched to the water and they've marched away from the water just as sinful. And God's wanting to wash you and cleanse you and make you a vessel of the glory. Would you lift your hands in this place tonight? Glory. Glory. Some of you going, Pastor Don, is that a plead? No, no, no. If you think it's a plead, you didn't understand the sermon. I'm getting just a glimpse of what heaven must be like where his people all gather together and we all together realize we make a beautiful tapestry of his glory because there's none like you. That, Lord, there's none beside you. You are the one who still heals cancer. You're the one who still opens blind eyes. You're the one who still restores broken families. You're the one that still sets people free from drugs. You're the one who enables us all. But Lord, not when they see us, but when they encounter your glory. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I you to put those hands down for just a moment. If you're here tonight, I just got to obey the Holy Spirit. You say, Pastor Don, I may have been baptized. 
here in this revival, but I didn't leave what I should have left in the water in the water. I came out with the same sin I went in with and I want God to wash me. I want him to wash me by his word and I want to testify to what he's done. If that's you, I want to see your hand in this place because you've got some confessing to do right now. Hands are beginning to go up literally all around this place. God, wash us. Wash us. Come on now. I want to see. Don't, 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 don't wait. Don't hold back. Where are you? Wash us. Cleanse us. Restore us. Restore us. I see these hands going up all over this place. Wash us. Cleanse us. Restore us. Oh, that's the Holy Ghost. be prophetic for just a brief moment. I don't know if you're watching or if you're here. I think that you're probably here, but I feel this in my spirit. Some of you are wanting God's anointing to flow through you, and you're wondering why your, your opportunities for ministry have not opened. It's because you've not left it in the water. You've not got it under the blood. You're not lined up with the Word. There you are. There you are. God's beginning to move upon you right now. I wish you could see it from this angle, but I want every head bowed. People, God's beginning to touch right now, right where they are. Hmm. I'm just going to obey the Holy Spirit. Glory. Let them encounter. Oh, that's the Holy Ghost. Your glory. Your glory. In just moments, they're going to be, we're going to be releasing you for baptism just moments but but tonight I'm looking for those who want to help hang the last curtain those who want to declare his glory quickly we have, we have anything that goes along with that we have a song that goes along with his glory that goes along with seeking him I don't know. if that's you those ushers that take their, their spots on these aisles right here. I want you quickly to come in, in, into place. And, and if, if you are, want to be a pursuer of glory, I want you to start walking this way. I want you to start walking this way. I want you to start moving. They're going to start worshiping. We're going we're gonna to leave your somebody done me wrong song in your seat. Leave your I'm never going to succeed in your seat. As a matter of fact, just throw it down on your way up through here. Just leave it behind. Come up here and realize that we sing the song of the redeemed, the song of the victorious blood, washed saints of the living God. We sing in victory. Come on, come on, where are you? I see people moving. Come on, let's pursue his glory. You're going, Pastor, I don't want to, I don't want to miss my life, place in life. If you need to go get registered for baptism, you can go right out. But in a few moments, Pastor Todd's going to take over. But we're going to sing one moment. Pursuing his glory. All of the glory, all of the glory. All of the glory is yours, it's yours, it's yours, it's yours. All of the glory, all of the glory, it's yours, it's yours, it's yours, it's yours. Shall see people heal. Come on.
marching, press in, press in. Psalm 91 the same way. I'll never read it the same way. Thank you for being a student of the Word and also obeying the Holy Ghost. I want to make sure that we're ready. We're going to be able to pray for every person at the altar. Our altar workers are going to come in just a moment to pray with you. 
But if you have letter A tonight and you are registered to be baptized, I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to come up to these steps to my left, to your right. This is Brother Danny and then Brother Colin will take care of you and our, our revival team. Baptismal team is going to assist you and take care of you. If you will come right now, if you have letter A, letter A. If you've not pre-registered, you would like to, and you and your family or you and your husband or your spouse would like to be baptized, your family, I'm going to ask you to go out into the lobby and register. You can register and, um, and get on our list and we'll baptize you tonight. Have a powerful encounter with the Lord, I promise you. Uh, we'll be having both pools in operation tonight, both teams in operation. So they're making preparation right now. Let's just continue to sing unto the Lord. Our altar team is here to pray for people. If my altar team will uh, come to the front and spread out, if you would. David, if you'll come here, right there. Thank you guys so much. Let's continue to worship the Lord. again. This is Todd. This is my wife, Karen, uh, pastors at Christ Fellowship Church in Dawsonville, Georgia, which is the host church of the North Georgia Revival. What you've been watching and experiencing is week number 141 of the North Georgia Revival. The glory of the Lord entered our sanctuary in January of 2018, and revival started February the 11th, Karen, and the presence of the Lord is so strong tonight. There's faith I'm telling you, it's so high, and people are going to be so blessed and so encouraged 
Lives are going to be changed. Already, folks who are at the altar repenting, surrendering their life to God. And I know the Lord's touching you right now, right where you are. This is week 141 of the North Georgia Revival, but what's been so incredible is to hear the testimonies of revival now really breaking out all over the nation. We've seen this all along, but it seems like there's an uptick. Churches and pastors are catching the vision of revival. They're asking, what if? What if it happens in our church? Can it happen in our church? And just by faith, they're filling up their, their pools, filling up their baptismal pools, and they are bringing people to the water. We had, had a report of a church just today in Florida. They did not dismiss until about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And Todd, you and the team were there recently. And so it's amazing. It's starting to break out everywhere and an increase in miracles and healings in those places as well. Yeah, Pastor Roger and Angel Heckingberg in Titusville, Florida at the Hope Community Church. Uh, we were with them on Monday and Tuesday night. The glory of God filled the room. I'm telling you, the presence of God was so strong. Many, many lives were changed. They had the building filled to capacity, overflow rooms, baptizing until 1 o'clock in the morning. 1 o'clock in the morning. Started the service at 6.30 on a Monday night and Tuesday night. Oh, wow. I'm telling you. And people waited in line to encounter the presence of the Lord. This is something very, very unique and special. A baptismal revival. I asked some very key, um, significant pastors and leaders and researchers and theologians, has there ever been a baptismal revival in the history of Christianity? And not one of them could find that there was a baptismal revival. Every revival has baptisms. Right, has baptisms. But this entire move of the Spirit that's happening here and in other churches, the baptismal water, the point of contact, is unprecedented, Karen. It's the focus on Jesus meeting him in the water. I asked Robert Slairdon, Dr. Michael Brown, John Kilpatrick, John and Carol are not. All of these guys I've asked, has there ever been a baptismal revival? Rabbi Kurt Landry uh, as well. And every one of them said, no, this is something unique and special that the Lord is doing. And it can happen at any place at any time. Speaking of Rabbi Kurt Landry, he's going to be here November the 8th. Mark your calendar. Make travel plans. November the 8th, Rabbi Kurt Landry here at Christ Fellowship in Dawsonville, Georgia on a Sunday morning, Sunday night for the North Georgia Revival, and then Monday night, Karen, at a special Caneo open to the public classroom. We're so excited to have Rabbi Kurt Landry with us. His background, what he can pour into us uh, is just going to be immeasurable. Uh, I say it all the time. He's got the best of both worlds. He has Jewish background, and he is born again, believes in Jesus as Messiah. And he understands the water. He understands those ancient portals, the mikvah. Mm -hmm. So he, uh, when he comes into our house, it is that Jewish background united with a Gentile house, and it makes that one new man. So we're so excited to, to have him. I'm really excited about the Monday night event as he just takes the pulpit and he just teaches for, us. For two hours. For two hours. We'll have a break right in the middle, but you need to come ready for a classroom setting. Yeah. And uh, Rabbi's going to go strong. That's November the 8th, 9th, 8th and 9th, Sunday morning here at Christ Fellowship, Sunday night at the North Georgia Revival right here at 6 o'clock, and then Monday from 7 to 9. Right. So please mark your calendars. Get here. Last time he was here, Karen, the glory of God. I'm talking about the presence, the manifest presence of Jesus just showed up. Lives were changed. Cannot wait 
until November the 8th. Always a great yeah. impartation. I hope you enjoyed the testimony of Reed. I hope you enjoyed the testimony of Rhonda and Kathy, how they encountered the presence of the Lord as a result of being baptized and literally experiencing the fire of God. Things are going to be on fire tonight in this baptismal pool. I cannot wait to get there. Let me encourage you while we're getting ready to go to the baptismal waters to be much in prayer for the North Georgia revival. We're seeing an uptick in the manifest presence of the Lord, the glory of God. We walk into the sanctuary midweek praying. Sometimes we'll be in here by ourselves, just in the dark, and the weightiness of God is here. We embrace that. We're humbled by it. We're excited. And we want to share that with you. We want to share the encounter. So load up your family. Get here. We're just 15 miles northeast of, northeast of Atlanta. Right. 15 miles northeast of Atlanta. Fly into Atlanta. Drive up. Be here for our weekend services. I know the presence of the Lord is going to be with you. So I think they're ready right now. I think Pastor Marty is ready. Don't go anywhere for the next hour and 15 to 20 minutes. Those of you on the ISN network. And then all night long on Facebook and YouTube. You can watch what's going on. We love you. Please email us. Let us know what's going on in your life at Pastor Todd at KingdomReady.tv. God bless you. Let's go right now to the baptismal waters.